Nomai, Haremai, and welcome to Pukaya, a podcast series dedicated to highlighting the issues, challenges, and opportunities in the space of the restitution of cultural heritage and the repatriation of ancestors to their communities of origin. Here I will be joined by friends, leaders, and experts from museums, universities, government agencies, and more importantly, elders, artists, and activists from communities around the world. My name is Charikirangi, and I'll be your host today. It is my pleasure to be guiding you through, so make yourself comfortable, relax, and welcome to today's episode of Pukaya. few podcast episodes, I'll be introducing you to the world of Kaya, where we came from, who we are, and what we're up to. I'd like to open this podcast series by sharing a whakatauki or proverb that my father shared with me while I was growing up. Me titiro whakamuri hei whiringa i teneira te huarahi moapopo. We must look to the past to prepare in the present our pathway into the future. Like many cultures and societies, Te Ao Māori has a rich oral tradition in what I can only describe as wisdom for the ages. And what I like about this particular whakatauki is that it expresses a large part of Kaya's purpose. That is taking both wisdom and experience and moving forward with purpose by creating an environment that encourages collective learning, growth and development. When this is applied to the complex world of repatriation and restitution, the vision here is to grow a global community that is built on the very human values of community mutual respect and trust. Because at the end of the day, healing is best achieved as a community. My journey to this point of creating Kaya, uh, I'm going to start back from when I was born uh, over 40 years ago in a small Māori township called Ngā Tekoteko a Iratu Moana or commonly known as Titeko or also commonly known as Texas. My biological mother, Christine Chase, uh, in her late teens at the time was unable to raise me. So I was adopted by her uncle and auntie, uh, Tepene Mamaku and Hine Kataraina Mamaku. Both were very active among our iwi or tribe as leaders in language, oral histories and traditional performing arts or kapahaka. I can only express my eternal gratitude to my father, who passed a few years back, and also to my mother, Hine, for bringing me into their home and hearts and nurturing me at a time when I needed the most. 
I was also strongly influenced at a very young age by my grandmother, Matarena Renetsi. Born in the early 1900s and shaped by world events like both world wars, tragic as those wars were, the thing that affected many of her generation and that of both my parents was the oppression of the Māori language and culture. For one example, the oppression and assimilation of them included a ban on speaking te reo at school, which was punishable by being physically abused by their teachers. Call a spade a spade, it was by no other means abuse. While the body never forgets that trauma, Nanny was a fiercely religious person and a prominent figure among her people and te hahi ringatū, or the ringatū faith. I spent most of my childhood hanging out with my grandmother. She spoke very little, if any, English, which was great for me because te reo Māori was my primary language anyway. My brightest memories were of her waking up every single morning at dawn, like most ringatū, gently knocking on the wall, and then starting her ringatū karakia, or prayers. It was, for 10-year-old me, the warmest feeling and, to be quite honest with you, pure magic. To be fortunate enough to be bathed in the love and light of your culture, language and traditions is a true blessing and my hope for everyone. For the sake of keeping these episodes as tight as possible, these introduction episodes anyway, I'm going to skim over the 20-year period from the 90s and most of the early 2000s until we get to the global financial crisis of 2008. For two years up to the GFC, I worked in a contact centre for Shell Oil New Zealand. That year, the company had decided to offshore their contact centre operations to the Philippines, which led to me being made redundant just as the crisis was getting spicy. After being unemployed for four months, I was interviewed for the coordinator's role at Te Papatongarewa Museum of New Zealand, specifically for their Karanga Aotearoa repatriation program. I distinctly remember the panic that set in, actually, when one of the interviewers asked if I would be comfortable handling human remains. In a moment of panic and desperation, I managed to exhale a shaky uh, but seemingly confident yes. In my defence, that question was lacking in context, but on the other hand, I could have been more prepared for that. However, I managed to razzle-dazzle my way through two interviews, and in April of 2009, I would start the first of 14 years in the service of Māori and Moriori communities and families, eventually coordinating the return of over 700 Māori and Moriori ancestral remains and sacred objects, taonga and miheke, from 55 institutions across the United Kingdom, Europe, North America and Australia. My time with Karanga Aotearoa was a period of my life that I am eternally grateful for and in almost every way has led me to starting Kaya. In spite of the many challenges, I was blessed to be guided by leaders of Te Ao Māori, 
Faya Hema Temara, Tapau Temara, Ta Derek Ladelli, Faya Hokimuana Terika Hekerangi Aroha Mead and Hami Piripi to name but a few. I must also acknowledge my colleagues, uh, family and lifelong friends, Dr. Tere Kieke Hirawini, Dr. Arapata Hakiwai, Dr. Amber Aranui, Susan Thorpe, Nicholas Smith, and Tanya Tefenua. As I'll be talking about Karanga Aotearoa in future episodes, in this episode I'll give a Reader's Digest version of the program that shaped me in ways I can only try to describe. Established in 2003 by the New Zealand government and facilitated by Te Papa, the National Museum of New Zealand, the Karanga Aotearoa Repatriation Program was funded and mandated to undertake research and to locate Māori and Moriori ancestral human remains in Toimoko, or mummified tattooed heads. Karanga Aotearoa was supported to formally request repatriation from those institutions and to facilitate this safe return through a process that was consistent with both Māori and Moriori traditions. Te Papa's Kaihotu, or Māori co-leader, had oversight of the program, and it was also led by a group of leaders and cultural experts referred to as the Repatriation Advisory Panel. The scope of the program was limited to formally requesting the return of ancestral human remains and toimoko, and its principles also stipulated that none of its funding was to be used to purchase the release of ancestors. Through its funding, however, Karanga Aotearoa would offer covering costs associated with the creating and transportation home for the ancestors, as well as sending a delegation to the institution to undertake formal proceedings. Each year, Karanga Aotearoa would undertake at least one large international repatriation project. But again, to keep these episodes digestible, I'll highlight one, which just happens to be the most challenging of my career. The year is 2020 and for most of the year, the world was dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. Borders for the most part were closed or heavily regulated. International travel was sketchy at best, so movement was severely restricted. In 2019, the year prior to that, Dr. Terikeke Hirawini, head of the repatriation program, and myself successfully negotiated the transfer of four toimoko from institutions in Berlin and Göttingen in Germany. In the first half of 2020, Terikeke and I discussed avenues for the safe return of these toimoko to Aotearoa. As I was permanently based in Denmark, travel to Germany was quite simple. The challenges of which there were many, included the inability to have a delegation travel from Aotearoa to support this work, especially Komatua or elders. Once we had decided that we were to proceed, we enlisted the support of the New Zealand Ambassador, His Excellency Rupert Holborough, and his team at the Embassy in Berlin. And tikanga support was provided by Hinemwana Baker, who is also based in Berlin. Two ceremonies were held, the first was the Stiftung Poisische Kulturbesitz, or the Prussian Cultural Heritage Foundation, at Berlin's Ethnological Museum in Dahlem. 
and the second ceremony was held in Göttingen at George August University. Challenging to undertake in normal settings, we achieved all that we needed to achieve safely in a time ruled by the coronavirus. This included physical distancing of 1.5 metres, compulsory wearing of face masks, hand sanitizer, PCR and rapid antigen tests, managed isolation and quarantine. Upon landing in Aotearoa, the toimoko were taken into secure storage while I was transferred to a quarantine facility in Rotorua for two weeks. Upon our release, a ceremony was held at Te Papa on Rongo Marairoa to welcome the ancestors home. The overwhelming feeling at the conclusion of that journey was gratitude. I was grateful for the dedication and support provided by both the New Zealand and German governments. To Mr. Herman Parzinger, the President of the Prussian Cultural Heritage Foundation, Dr. Dorothea de Tertz at the Ethnological Museum, Dr. Michael Krauss at the George August University in Göttingen, Ambassador Holborough, and last but not least, Hine Moana Baker. My auntie Hema Temara would very frequently tell me, Mahia te mahi kia tika te Do the job and do it correctly, te arikirangi. See, her tiny little hands and her big voice still guide me, even from the other side of the veil. Finally, the lesson and lasting impression that I would like to leave you with is this. Titiro Fakamuri hei whiringa i tēneira, te huarahi moa pōpō. Let's look to the past so that we can prepare in the present a pathway into the future. The wisdom of the past can provide us with the guidance that we need in order to navigate the uncertainties of the future. So that concludes this week's episode. Next time on Pukaya, I'll be chatting about the transition from Karanga Aotearoa to Kaya, going into more detail about who we are, the communities we are here to serve, and the services we offer to museums, universities, and agencies. A shout-out to Upbeat.io for the free music in this episode. To Vens Adams for Adventurers Calling and Sound Roll for Feeling Home. If you'd like to sponsor Pukaya so we can commission some music, then of course hit us up. You can find us online at www.kaya.eu. That's www.kiloalphaechoalpha.eu where we will also be publishing insights, including written insights and, of course, episodes of Pukaya. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Take care of yourself, love those around you, and remember to keep on smiling.